Hello, this is David Sangster, lead pastor at New Life Church. Thank you for joining us today for our podcast. It's our goal to help you grow in your faith and discover all that God has for you. I hope you're encouraged, challenged, and inspired. Enjoy the message. All right. Thank you so much. What what an awesome thing. Um, It's a big world. A lot of people in it. Uh, When I recently went down to Peru, you, you saw that, like, these people live in a very different way than I do. And that's just their life. And they live and they do their things and they grow up and they have children and they raise their children and they get old and they die and their children bury them and, and they go on. It, it's, it's, this, it's, this, it's this big world with a lot of great people in it and they need the gospel. So the big idea for today's message is this. As the people of God, the church, it is our duty to pray, support, and encourage the work of ministry both in our own sphere and in the wider world. We go near and we go far. Our main text today is going to be Romans chapter 10. If you have your Bibles, open up to Romans chapter 10. And that's going to be our main text today. Um, And I think it's very important for us to understand where does this call to go come from? Not just where was Jesus saying it. We talked about it last week. He said, go into all the world, proclaim the gospel, baptize. We're going to do that today in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. But where does this, why, why do we do this? Why do we go? Why do we go near? Why do we go far? Romans 10, 11 says this. For the scripture says, everyone who believes on him will not be put to shame. Since there is no Distinction between Jew or Greek, I mean Jew and and Gentile, that's what that means. Because the same Lord of uh, of all richly blesses all who call on him. And verse 13 is huge. For everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. Romans makes a message very, very clear here. Romans makes this very clear. Everyone who believes on him will not be put to shame. What does it mean to believe on him? What does that even mean? Well, I just, you know, I believe, I believe that Jesus existed. I believe, you know, I believe there's God out there. Uh, You know, what, what does it actually mean to believe? John Patton was a missionary in the South Sea Islands, and it was one of a tribe that didn't have Uh, the Bible in their own language. So he took on the work of translating the Bible into the language of that tribe. When he got to the word believe, he asked, what is the word for belief? He said, "I I want a word that means trust, confidence, reliance upon. And he kept asking, but they couldn't give him a word. One day, as he was working on his translation, a man came in while uh, uh, Peyton was sitting in his chair. Peyton put his whole weight on the chair, took his feet off the ground, and asked, what am I doing right now? The local gave him the word that meant to lean your whole weight upon. He said, you're leaning all your weight on that chair. He goes, that's the word. That's the word. Which he put into the Bible translation for Romans 10, 11. And he would have translated it this way for that, for that tribe. Everyone who leans his whole weight upon him will not be put 
to shame. Belief, leaning your whole weight on God, you will never be put to shame. He won't fail. Take a word, (laughs) stretch it out, and it becomes a song. You won't fail. You will not be put to shame. It works as a reliable translation because of Isaiah 26, uh, 28, 16. It says this in, in, that, in that verse. Therefore the Lord God said, Look, I have laid a stone in Zion, a tested stone, a precious cornerstone, a sure foundation. The one who believes will be unshakable. That cornerstone, that firm foundation is Jesus Christ. When you put your whole weight on Jesus Christ, you will not be put to shame. He won't fail you, nor will he forsake you. Paul goes on to say in verse 13 of Romans 10, for everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. This is a reference back to another Old Testament prophet, Joel. Joel 2.32 says this, everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. You see how he's doing it? Paul's hearkening back to his understanding, his knowledge of Old Testament scripture that, that is, you know, perfect for, for correction, for instruction and in righteousness. He said he will be saved. Watch this. For there will, be no, there will be an escape. There will be an escape for those on Mount Zion and in Jerusalem. As the Lord promised, among the uh, survivors, the Lord calls. Now listen to this. This is how it works. It's like an echo. The Lord calls to us, and we respond by calling to his name for salvation. Guess what? Nobody comes to the Lord unless he calls them first. He's calling to you today. If you're listening to to the sound of my voice today, it means the God of the universe is calling you. We'll get into that in a second. But he's calling to you, and and it takes you to respond and call out back to him for salvation. If you want to stay in your garbage, you can stay in your garbage. But if you want salvation, you call back to the one who's calling you. You will never be put to shame. This is how it works. He beckons us, and we call back to him for our salvation. But how does God call us as he promised to do? Romans 10 answers that question as well. Ready? Verse 14. Here's the question. How then can they, uh, can they call on him that they have not believed in? How, how can they call on him if, if they don't hear the call? And how can they believe without hearing about him? And how can they hear without a preacher? So I'm telling you today, God has called me to be a preacher. And I'm calling out to you so you can say this without a shadow of a doubt from this passage, that God is reaching out to you today through this flaky pastor. I'm telling you guys, it's a real thing. God has ordained people to call other people to Christ. And if he's called, it's up to you to respond. How can they hear without a preacher? And how can they preach unless they are sent? As it is 
written. This is hearkening back to another Old Testament passage. How beautiful. Now that word beautiful could be translated welcome or timely. How beautiful, how welcome, how timely are the feet of those who bring the good news. Now I don't know if anybody would look at these feet and say they're beautiful. Maybe only my wife and my mom. Maybe not even my wife. But hear me, folks, hear me. When good news is received, everybody's happy about it. It's good news. Paul continues his practice of calling back to Old Testament prophets to uh, drive home his point. Isaiah 52, 7 says, How beautiful on the mountains are the feet of the herald who proclaims peace, who brings uh, news of good things, who proclaims salvation, who says to Zion, your God reigns. This is what he's calling back to. The message. This is the message. This is good news. This gospel is one of peace and salvation. These are good things. It is a message that even in a world where so much seems to be going against us, it's a statement. It's a reality. Our God reigns. Our God reigns. And I'm going to tell you something that's really cool. Not only does our God reign, but he's also for you. He's for you, not against you. He wants to give you hope and a future. So, yes, how beautiful are the feet of those who make it their lives work to bring the message across the street and around the world. That's the job of every believer, and it's the job of the vocational missionary. God calls them, and they call back, and they answer the call to go to a foreign context to proclaim the good news, one of peace and salvation. That's what they bring with them. And they bring little else. I was talking to, uh, I've mentioned this before, I was talking to somebody who was new to the faith, and they had come to a service where a missionary was speaking. And they brought their kids up on the stage. So after the service, they asked me the question, like, do they bring their kids with them? Yeah. They bring their kids with them. They're not staying. They're not going for, like, a two-week short-term mission trip. They're not going for a month. They're living there in those circumstances. And this particular missionary was living, like, in the bush, man. Yeah, the kids are there. They bring the gospel. They bring salvation and they bring peace. And they bring little else. They go not expecting to receive monetary or financial uh, wealth. Their treasures are treasures that they put in heaven's bank. And you're like, well, wait a minute. What makes them different than me? Only your perspective. 
Because that's what, exactly what we should be doing as well. That's exactly what we should be doing. If we're missionaries to another culture, and we think that's important, we got to start thinking backwards. Why is it important? Well, those people need to hear Jesus, about Jesus. They need, they need the peace of Jesus. They, they don't live in a Christian country. I tell you, there's enough people around you in your workplaces, in your neighborhoods. They need Jesus as much. They need salvation. They need peace. As much as somebody who lives in Zimbabwe or, or um, Russia, Ukraine, Peru, we're all the same. We all need Jesus. So why do we put such a high value on foreign missions, yet we don't want to cross the street? Guys, challenge for you. Ladies, yours is coming later. But you, so you're saying, but pastor, hold on a second. I don't feel called to go far. So am I off the hook? Go back and listen to last week's sermon. The answer is a resounding no. You got to go near. Go back and listen. But this go far thing is important. Now, there's a woman in the book of Acts, and I have this whole passage. I'm 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 going to, uh, in Acts chapter, uh, what is it, Michael, 16. And you can look it up. I'm going to summarize it for you because for for brevity of time. Okay? There's a woman in the book of Acts named Lydia. And Paul is traveling throughout the area, and he comes to Philippi. And this woman is... uh, a tradesperson. She's, she's very wealthy. Somehow she was able to buy her way into the dye, uh, the clothing guild. And she was a, she, 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 trafficked, she trafficked and sold in purple garments, which is very expensive at that time. She was a very, very wealthy lady. She heard the message of the gospel from Paul and she got baptized on the spot. That's Paul's going far. Okay, but what did she do? She participated in the, the, the work of global missions by doing a couple things. First, she invited Paul and his whole entourage to stay at her home. And they worked out of Lydia's home for the duration of the time they were in that region. She supported them. She fed them. She, she was ha, hosp, hospitable to them. She kept them going. She paid their way. Remember the way some missionaries go, they bring little else? But Paul's the same. He didn't have a, a, a war chest that he was pulling from. He was, he was on the hospitality of those who uh, were part of the church. So Lydia did that. She supported him. Okay? When he was in prison, she supported him. And then she, when he left prison, he came back to her home. She supported the work that he was doing in the best way she could. And that's by giving of her resource, giving of her time, giving of her care, and I'm sure giving of her prayer. So how can we as believers in this time, in our context, start thinking about how how can we impact global missions? Here's a couple ways. Ready? Go somewhere. 
Go somewhere. Get out of your comfort zone. Let's, let's do it. Let's put together a short-term mission trip to somewhere. Let's do it as a church. Let's get together. Let's, let's stop making excuses. Well, I can't take the time off because of my work and I don't have vacation time. Let's just do it. Let's figure it out. Let's go somewhere. Let's minister to somebody out of context. Travel changes you. It makes you think, it makes you realize that we're in a bubble. So one thing we could do is we could literally go. Now, we, we may not all be called to vocational foreign missions, but we can still go and do it that way. Young people, look at me. God may be calling you somewhere else. America's great, but it's not the end of the world. God may be calling you to be, you know, that ter- it kind of terrifies me. To some extent, if my child came home from, and this always happens after youth camp, right? (laughs) Youth camp. I can't stand Christian youth camp and retreats. Let me tell you why. Because you folk, especially the kids, go to youth camp. And they come back and they're like, God spoke to me. He told me this, that, and the other thing. And it just had this, I'm like, I've been telling you that. Every week, year over year. What was it about the youth camp? Do we have to have smelly people in order for it to be? Do we have to have, you know, is that, it's funny. People come back from retreats and they're like, whoa, life has changed. And the pastor goes, slow clap, right? But, um, no, I'm, I'm joking. But the, my, 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 my fear comes from like, and, and this is a human fear, that my kids might come home from a youth camp and say, God met me at the altar and he's called me to Timbuktu, and I don't even know where that is. And I would be, I would say, whatever God has for you, you do that thing. And dad's behind you. And then silently I'd be praying my brains out. That's okay. So kids, I'm telling you, look at this little guy here. Who knows what God has for him? He's so sweet. Her. Can't tell at that age. She's got a dress on. Now I can tell. You're so beautiful. Who knows? Who knows what God has in store for her? Beautiful new life waiting to unfold. The other thing we can do is this. We can pray. Michael, if you would put that, uh, the website up. I, have, I want to show you some of a resource here. That's, look, at that, look at that handsome guy. Oh, hey, wait. All right. See, on our website, we have this missions page. And I want you to see this page because on this missions page, it has all of our missionaries. And you can click on the right-hand side, and it'll drop down the missionaries from Africa. You'll see here Joel Sherest and his family um, are missionaries to Africa. They'll be in the house in a few, in a few weeks. They're, in, they're back in the States for a little bit. And then if you look down, if you scroll down to the other spot, um, you'll see our Asia-Pacific missionaries, our Latin America and Caribbean, and our European um, missionaries. And they're all here. And, you can, and most of them you can click into. If you can't click into one, it's because their area is undisclosed. It's so dangerous that they're there. And that's who's coming to sp- speak to us next week. Okay? But on the bottom, there's this donation page where you can, you can give. Okay? The third thing, we want to open up this concept of knowing who our missionaries are and praying for them regularly. I'm telling you, if you could do that, that would, that would not only change the situation, but it would change you, like Gary talked about. When you get involved in missions, it changes you. It opens up your heart to that thing. 
You can go to the next slide. Thanks, Michael. Um, so the idea is this. Pray for the missionaries. Get to know them. You can communicate with them directly. You can ask them on their email, what can I pray for? And the other part is this. We are so blessed. We are the Lydia's of our age. We need to, I'm saying need to, need to, need to support these missionaries with our resources. We have to. God has called us to be global missionaries in some way. Across the street, by our own actions, our own words, and our own uh, example of, of the message of Christ, and then across the world, maybe by going, but most definitely by supporting those who go in prayer and financially. My goal would be for everybody in this congregation. Now, if you're new here today and you're just here for the baptism, this is not for you. Please do not feel bad. This is not for you. I understand that you're here for your family, and that's awesome. So don't feel pressured. This is not a pressure thing. We don't usually take offering. We usually just use the the drop box in the back. But here's the thing. If you're part of New Life Church, this is your home. These are our missionaries, and we need to support them financially. So what I would love to see happen is for you to go onto that page, click on the donation button, and my goal would that you would do a reoccurring give, uh, gift. I'm telling you, it doesn't have to be a lot. Whatever God puts in your heart to give for the missionaries on a regular basis, if you can't do that and you want to just give it one time, there's a one-time tab as well. But here's the thing. We have to be a people that spreads salvation and hope across the world in any way we can. We have to, okay, here's the thing, though. Pay attention. This is where it gets tricky because some people will do this. They will give a large amount in the donation, and they'll check, check the box. Well, I've done my mission's work today. I've done it once, and it's going to reoccur every month, and I don't have to worry about it ever again. No, you have neighbors. You have coworkers. We all got to be a part of that as well. God wants us to be a people, a people that is about spreading the message of hope. And somebody might someday come and say, man, you have beautiful feet. in a matter of speaking. Thank you for what you did. The message was so good, and I needed it so bad, and I didn't even know I needed it. But God, because of what you did, because you, were, you went, because you were on the mountain, because you came to me and, and preached the good news, the gospel of Jesus Christ, my life has changed, my eternity has changed, my family has changed, and you got some stinking beautiful feet. I love it. I love it. I love it. That's the goal of all believers is to spread the gospel near and far. Go into all the world. Proclaim the gospel to every creation. Baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. That's what the church is supposed to do. Next week, we'll have another missionary on that board. 
from we don't the the the, the uh, pin is nebulous. I don't quite know where they are, but it's from Asia, and they're they're an undisclosed group because if they if we put it on our website, the government might find out and they could be persecuted or or, or uh, asked to leave. Thank you so much for joining us this morning. If you want to find out more about New Life Church, you can connect with us at discovernewlife.org. We hope to see you soon.